0: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All right, it is the Matt Mosley Show. John Jakus joining us now for the Baylor Men's Basketball Program, associate head men's coach. John, always fun to have you on, especially before a huge game at Foster Pavilion. I mean, tell me what's going on in the background. I mean, are you... Are you practice in? Are ended. you in our? Uh, are you still in Waco right now? Have you have you broken away? I mean, I, I hear music. What kind of excitement yeah, we'll, is going on in the background right now? No, we're in the
1: Foster, and practice just ended, and uh, there was supposed to be some silence, but they decided to stay extra and shoot free throws, and uh, apparently, rap music goes along with that for our guys. But I'm going to find a hallway, and that's going to go away here shortly. So, thanks for being patient with me.
0: No, I'm I'm fine with it, and uh, by the way, I'm fine with the extra free throw shooting, got no issue with that, although, uh, I mean, that's pretty cool, by the way, to go on the road, and that really is what won y'all that game in some ways, getting to the rim, getting to the line, and I know it got a little shaky, or some misses late that you didn't like at the free throw line, for the most part, y'all have gotten better at the free throw line, but for a road team to attempt whatever it was, 23 or 24 free throws, and the home team to it, attempt seven, and by the way, they made one of them. Um, that that doesn't happen a lot, John. And I would say part of what made that happen is you you know y'all started attacking the rim like crazy, and uh, and I think that has to be a very positive sign to you guys.
1: Yeah, I think you know we've been in six one possession games in league, if you're really fair about it. Um, even the ones we won, Oak State overtime, BYU and Cincinnati at home, those were close games. Um, they weren't quite as heartbreaking as the overtime at K-State and the triple overtime in uh, the last home game. But uh, we're we're battled, tried, and tested. And uh, some other teams maybe have lost one by 20, but then been in some ones. and A lot of winning and losing going on in our league right now. You just got to keep your head above water. But our guys are having to learn that one of the ways you keep your head above water is to get to the – paint get to the free throw line and, and pause the game for a second and get yourself some free points in a league that uh, the, the teams are really good defensively. You know, there's a bunch of our teams in our league that are top 25, top 40 for sure. And we play a top five defense in the country on Saturday and UCF's a top eight defense in the country. So if you're going to yeah. mess around and try to score all your points on jump shots, you're going to be in trouble. And so the fact that we got 25 free throws helps. I think one of the reasons we kept them off the line also is because we played a little zone um, that paused them that keep kept them from getting downhill and they had to settle for a jump shot so the combination of our zone and then the guys growing up through some trials uh, led to us winning a free throw battle on the road
0: although they, how many three they couldn't make a free throw but they made a million threes threes—what 14 threes or something like that uh, uh pretty amazing because i think they were like the second worst three-point shooting team maybe coming in and uh I don't know, John, it, seems, it does seem like you get some career nights against you. Although I did watch TCU the other night, and I was happy to see Tennyson actually bank in a three against somebody. Maybe it was Tech. Uh, and I thought to myself, okay, at least they do it occasionally against other teams too.
1: Yeah, you had told me that uh, they asked Scott that question on game presser. What was it that he liked about the new building? And I think he said <laughs> something like the bank was open. Um, but, you know, those things hurt because you're in constant tight games. And um, it almost feels like the ball isn't bounced your way or, or that there's some lack of luck involved when somebody banks a three in. But the reality is that there's way too many plays from beginning to end that you can change that are in your control. Uh, Just simple things like boxing out and, like you said, getting to the free throw line. Uh, The ability to make some wise decisions or some tough decisions along the way. It doesn't come down to one three-point shot or a bank shot. Um, But clearly it's frustrating, but there's nothing you can do about it besides grow up and move on. So that's what we'll do, and maybe we'll get a bank shot three and, you know, somebody will pay us back for it that way.
0: (laughs) What did – what did I mean? You guys are pure shooters, though. You're not going to have a lot of banks there now. Scott's no, line not was he happen. Scott had a funny line where he said something about the the bank. Um, they said, "What was working for Jameer Nelson Jr. coach or something?" And he said, or he said, "Why was he so effective?" And Scott looked up and he said, "Our glass or something." It was just a funny. And Scott was not happy, obviously, but it even in a in a tough moment he had a, actually had a funny line. I don't think he really wanted to hear that from me, but I I liked the line. I I got to gave it a 24-hour rule, which I do with you too before, you know, saying anything after a loss. I try to thread the needle there. I don't always accomplish that. Now, uh, John Jacobs with us on the Matt Mosley show. Um Langston, I wanted to talk about him. I mean, what is what allows him what's what's the best mindset? You've all had some really good guys off the bench you had some great energy great shooting you've had some great six men i think y'all have won that award a ton of times but specifically with langston what's allowed i mean in in a lot of ways he's become your most consistent scorer and and that and you got to have the proper mentality and uh to do that what what how has langston sort of bought into that and what is his mentality that that allows him to be so effective off the bench
1: yeah, I don't know if it's you could call a six-man you or anything like that, but even Vinnie Johnson <laughs> played at Baylor, you know, a man that you love uh, with six-man for the Detroit Pistons when they won their back-to-back God. titles in the NBA. And you look at guys like Jeremy, who was six-man of the year and ended up a lottery pick. So even from the bench, you can become a lottery pick. And so I think Scott does a good job of – not selling guys on the fact, but there's been proof here that you can make a big difference from a six man role. Torian Prince was six man in the year's junior year, and then he came back his senior year, started for the only year in the program was his senior year, and then he ended up being a lottery pick also. So in this fast food world of transfer portal and playing right away, everybody wants the immediate. And there's just something special about Langston's character, especially after going through the ACL injury, where the last two years have really been this slow, um, recovery from the injury. And then he's had a sh- shoulder injury and other injuries. He got hit in the eye last year, and it just seems like they stacked on top of each other. But he's been doing a ton of work when no one's watching. But some of that work in our program is the spiritual work and the character work, and people don't see that. And so the humility he's shown as a junior to come off the bench after all he's been through has been a real gift and then once he settled in and, you know, he started to realize we can pick on certain mismatches. Sometimes the guy who comes off the bench that guards him isn't as good as a starter, that we're going to be faithful to find him, that his teammates care about him and love him. All of a sudden he starts embracing the role and, you know, he had a career high last game and he was the one who was invited to do the postgame presser. And if you listen to his postgame presser, he's a Baylor Bear. And uh, his heart's in the right place, and his maturity's in the right place. And we're incredibly thankful for him. He's got one of the best shot fakes in the country. His three-point shooting's been as consistent as anybody. Uh, He's really difficult to keep from going downhill. And there's probably one or two things he'll add in the next month. He's still really rediscovering who he is from those injuries. But every extra week, he finds some freedom, and in that freedom, a lot of success. So we're incredibly happy for us because of what he brings to the table, but we're most happy for him. That's all he's been through.
0: I liked it. Podium guy. We talked about that NBA always. Who's going to the podium? It was all you know. Dirk was always going to be at the podium. Occasionally, he was joined by Jet or somebody like that. But uh, best shot fakes in the country, or some of the best shot fakes in the country. What makes a great shot fake? Is it, um, is it just your, your just great timing, just great you know control? Like what what makes him so good at that?
1: Yeah, I think one is that he shoots 40% plus from three, so it's believable,
0: you know? Okay, If you're yeah. a,
1: a five-man who never takes one, it's probably not believable. And if you shoot 15% <laughs> from three, I'm not sure they care. Uh, so his ability <laughs> to make shots probably is the first step. And then it's actually, it actually comes down to practice, the timing of it, the sell of it, the footwork of it. Um, and then as people start seeing it on scouts, it's in their head, and they just don't know if he's going to shoot or shot big. And if they don't close out and he shoots, they get yelled at. And if he shot fakes and he goes by, they get yelled at. So I know everybody wants to play while dribbling in America. You know, there's some things we can learn from Europe, but um, there's some footwork and some things you do before the dribble that can really set you up for success. And uh, Langston's footwork during that redshirt time and the recovery from his injury really grew. And his ability to play uh, before the dribble has also really grown. So, I mean, we're proud of that a lot of player development behind the scenes with his brother even who's been a ga and rebounded for him through all the trials because john has done a great job but uh, he's just learned to play and now now people are really scared of it and you can see him overreact and it's a good time to watch
0: is he was he an explosive guy coming out of montverde like was that a bit and it, it sounds like you're saying there's things that he may unlock is is that I just I'm trying to think back because he had to really work to become an excellent three point shooter that was not he didn't arrive with that and he's worked like crazy and we've talked about that before but like is it is the explosion coming back or was he an explosive guy before the injury
1: yeah in high school you couldn't keep him from getting to the rim like Uh, I mean he he looked the way he looks I think when he was 14 maybe even 13 was first time he dunked the ball And uh, when he got downhill, especially to his right hand, there was nobody at the high school level that could keep him from finishing. There was no rim protection that was good enough. And uh, people don't remember, but he was injured in a scrimmage, a closed-door scrimmage against Texas Mm A&M. And I think he played only 18 minutes at 14 points. And, um, I mean, he was hooping that day. We had a lot of hope his freshman year, along with Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan. Uh, He was part of that special class. And uh, he's had to have some patience in the development of that. But I do think you're going to see some physicality and some leaking come back even as as time progresses. You know, you can recover faster than ever from an ACL, six to eight months. This technology is crazy. But the real freedom and flow where you don't think about it anymore, I think Langston's just getting to that point, and uh, we're happy about that.
0: All right. John Jake is with us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Eve Missy Missy is uh I mean, he's just – it's been so much fun to watch the growth. I mean, he was really good right away. It's not like, oh, well, it's going to take 10 games. He made an immediate impact. But where have – where are you seeing – I mean, I saw that ESPN thing the other night, and they, like, were grading him for, as a prospect. And they said, as a shot blocker, they gave him, like, a B-minus, to which I tweeted, like, what are you all watching? Like, right as they put that up, I think he had a chase-down block. That he blocked, you know, off the. I mean, and so I'm thinking, golly, if this guy's a B minus right now, like, what if he gets better? What if he actually gets better than this? Where, where have you seen the most progress or the most growth? And and where do you think what's kind of the next step for him? Because he's already finishing in traffic. I mean, he can catch the ball in space. I mean, there's just a lot of really pretty amazing things that he just, that he's doing. And I mean, you know, kudos to y'all for continuing to kind of add to his game.
1: Yeah. I think that one and done thing is a gift and a curse. You know, I think both him and Jacoby are in that position right now where it's on people's minds, it's on their minds. And it's just hard to deny their talent and capability. And then when you get there, people just tend to nitpick. And if you think that, as a nineteen year old who's only played basketball for three years, uh he was six, six just three years ago, didn't know English, just started playing. they found him at a camp um mute I believe found him at a camp or or Buna maybe uh Victor Wembanyama's agent maybe found him at a basketball with borders <laughs> camp in Africa and he's just exploded since then, and expectations just become unrealistic what 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 people think should be happening so I think they want Akeem Olajuwon right now, but if you look at Akeem, I bet your first year at Houston, there was probably a growth curve there. And he's in a growth curve, but that growth curve ends with him being a fantastic NBA player. And his timing to catch a lob, his hands, uh, his overall, I think just basketball IQ is way ahead of what people expected. The physicality is clearly there. He he runs and jumps and looks like an NBA player every, every bit of it. But there's just feel things that, come with time and maybe the timing of his shot blocking could be a half second quicker but that's going to come you know his free throws are going to come uh his ability you see him now catching in a short roll and then putting the ball on the floor and finishing at the rim with both his right, right and left hand I mean maybe a month ago they would have graded him as a c with his left hand and now he's finishing over seven foot centers and big 12 games off his left foot with his left hand and goofy foot layup so you just got to give them some time people made that mistake with Keontae last year you get into this January big 12 play and the co- we get the best coaches in the country are putting their best players on these kids, these one and done kids. And, and they go through these ups and downs in Januarys, And then you put them in NBA spacing and you're like, Oh, wow. He actually is fantastic. And you can't tackle him anymore. You can't touch him anymore. They're, they're in space. They're not illegally fouling him every time he's near the ball. And you're going to see both Eve and Jacoby just take off. And, um, you know, Criticism is criticism, but I can't – I just tell you, I can't – we're so proud of Eve. I mean, what a special development to only be playing basketball three years and doing what he's doing right now for us.
0: So it's amazing to me, too, to see the players in this conference. Like, I, like Diallo and then UCF, I didn't think that much of going into the season. They've had some great wins. But then they had, like, another 6'10 dude. And then, I, you know, I watch Houston play, and it's like – Six eight, six nine, six eleven. You know, just it, the the front courts, and and I, I I noticed it with maybe San Diego State or FAU or whoever last year. Klingon and whoever else was at UConn. I mean, it is interesting to see the big man who's not necessarily trying to shoot threes. In a, in, it, it kind of went away for a little bit. I mean, I, you know, maybe the value of it, maybe even in the NBA. But boy, in college. That stuff's coming back around, isn't it? I mean, it's just – or maybe it never left. But it it, it just seems like every game you, there's some big massive dude that that you guys have to go against. And it's nice to have your own massive dude, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And we, we have a couple of them. But, you know, the the thing that our, – our sport's based on parity. So you look at the NCAA tournament, one of the reasons it's famous is because for three weeks anybody can beat anybody, and people fall in love with that. But parity has gone to another level this year. One, it's incredibly difficult to win on the road at all. If you just track that at all, it's as difficult as it's ever been, more difficult. But two, we're still in this COVID pause. So COVID isn't keeping us from playing games. It's not affecting our daily life. But you have fifth- and sixth-year seniors on these teams. If you look at the last two teams we played in TCU – and UCF, and you went through the roster, and you said, who should not be playing despite a COVID year? You would be shocked. And so now you have this 7-foot kid who's 24 years old, Garden (laughs) Eve, who just turned 19, and then you're telling us that he can't, he's only a B- in black shots. Well, just let me tell you where Eve is going to be when he's 24. Okay, so, you know, people want us to not lose any games ever, but there's no context to it. And mm-hmm. all across the country, I mean, you look last night, Wisconsin's up 19 points, in Nebraska, they end up losing. So this COVID thing has another year to it. And you're just going to find that you can find 22 to 25 year old big men uh, in a way that clogs up the lane and affects the game differently. So coaches are going to play to that. Coaches are going to get older, bigger bigs and try to win the game by clogging up the paint and dominating glass. And so maybe you lose some skill in development, and a three-point shot with bigs is is sliding. But what's not sliding for sure is that uh, you're allowed to be as physical as you want, and having 24-year-old big guys helps.
0: Yeah, well, and Ojanwina has taken another step too. I don't even know if we talk enough about, you know, I I bring him up enough, because he comes in and just gives you a a little bit different look, but he can do a lot of the same things. and, And while Misi is great, I mean, Ojan, when, uh I mean, you don't have fall off when you'll go to the bench. I mean, your first two guys off the bench. And I got to say, Loner, and I, that can't be easy for him. I'm sure he didn't transfer to to thinking he was going to play five to eight minutes a game. But I got to tell you, when he comes in, he changes things. And maybe it's not, you know, maybe occasionally, you know, he'll make a turnover or something. But, um yeah, he's a he's he energizes things and I and I keep waiting yeah, Caleb, for Euro Caleb
1: was yeah. fantastic against TCU. Yes. Uh Josh, I mean Josh has really grown. If you just take who he was last year to who he is this year, there's a leap. And I would say, you know, as a modern big, you've got to be able to switch and when you can switch one through five and guard a guard, there's some hope for you long term in the NBA because that league is going to more and more switching and a lot more, you know positionless basketball and Josh is as good as switching five man in college basketball. And so as the rest of that catches up to that piece, the the offense matches that switchability on defense. He's just going to, this guy's the limit for him. Also, you know, everybody wants everything now, but like we were talking about with the six man award, it was Torian Prince, his junior year. He was six man of the year, his senior year. He started. And then he was a lottery pick everybody's timetable is different, unfortunately. And I know that's hard on kids and it's, it's hard on coaches. I lose sleep over it because we love these kids so much. We love them mm-hmm. once 14. We want them all to be happy. But if you stick to the program, even to a role as simple as being a six man, more often than not, the ones that stay in player development uh, at Baylor reached their peak. And uh, it's a hard process. It's hard on everybody, but you've got to stick to it. And Josh is sticking to it. And we're real proud of him and, He's going to have a great career here.
0: All right. Well, I'm, I, this will be exciting, um, and I did want to ask you about Iowa State. Always good. I, I you know, tried to you know, trying to watch these other teams with the Cyclones. Extremely tough at home, but uh, uh, you know, obviously, I know you have a lot of respect for um, you know what that coach has done because he's, uh, I mean, he's he's come in there and really, I mean, flipped that program immediately from you know coming off of just a, a really really bad season and they've been very good what is the what's the biggest key when you go up against Iowa State this version of the cyclones
1: i would say they're top 5 offense against a top 5 defense and the nice thing about defense is that it travels and if our jump shot doesn't come up with us on the road then you know you can have an off night you've seen that once in league so far we have, um that K State that happened to us or jump shot didn't come with us. With Iowa State, it doesn't matter if their jump shot comes with them or not because it's a top five defense. And then the other thing is that not only are they number one in the country in steal percentage that leads to transition points, uh, they're incredibly good offensive rebounders. So even if they're missing on the road, they're going to get second chance, third chance points. And um, they've, you know, we're historically top five, top 10 in the country offensive rebounding. We rarely get out-rebounded, and they did that to us last year. So uh, they're incredibly tough, and between the second-chance points and the ability to turn you over, even if they're not making jump shots, they can win a game ugly. And so we're going to we're gonna have to really take care of the basketball, really get clean shots, and then make sure they don't get a second and third shot against us. They're really welcome. they got a great culture, and they know who they are, and at the heart of who they are is toughness. So TJ's doing a great job.
0: Yeah, TJ, um, it's uh it's it's been interesting to watch. Top five offense. I love that versus the top five defense. I mean, that's a seven o'clock start. Hopefully the place will be rocking. I know it's gonna be a capacity crowd. Um and uh we will uh be there. Um John, thank you. Tell Coach P I said hey and the rest of the gang. And um, you know, you guys uh you guys, this will be, be a lot of fun. appreciate you being on with us.
1: Yeah, thanks for all you do. I'll make sure to tell Coach P and everyone else hello. And the Foster has been an absolute gift. We love it. We love playing here, and we're so thankful for uh, the gift of it and the fans, and Mac and the athletic department did a great job. So Saturday at 7 is going to be an awesome environment. So hope to see you there.
0: All right, Luke, did Luke pick out a nice pullover? You, do you know yet what you're going I haven't going received the text
1: yet. I did make him make it known to him that you're expecting a pullover uh, gift here shortly, so I don't know when that's coming. But I have not received my text, so I can't tell you <laughs> if I agree with his choice or not. But see, uh, after see. the last win on the road, we were all black. My guess is that it's going to be all black.
0: But that's just a guess. All right. I think that could get blocked. We better not be too public about that. I could see, I could see somebody blocking that. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll I'll see you tomorrow night. All right. Have a great day. All right, John Jakus.